Chara Supply Chain. Highlighting and showcasing solutions for the most complex challenges facing the industry in 21st century by our team of subject matter experts and mentors. Broadcasting every week all year round, we will present the most up-to-date series of podcasts and webinars. Hello and welcome to another a new episode of Vichara Supply Chain. I'm, I'm so happy to be back here this week and our guest today is uh, Dr. Rodrik. He is a professor in the Department of Global Studies and Geography at the University of Hofstra. Thank you for joining us, uh, Professor Rodrik. Uh, great to have you on the show today. Thank you for having me. Mm-hmm. All right. So, in today's episode, we'll be talking about the logistic footprint of e-commerce. But before we get started, could you please tell us a little bit about yourself and your professional background? Okay. I began to be interested in transportation and logistics about uh, 25 years ago when I was undertaking my studies at university and I found the topic of transportation interesting. So I did uh, my master's and PhD in, in the discipline. Uh, as Actually, I was trained as a geographer. So I mm. basically was trained as a transport geographer, uh, which is essentially looking at the spatial characteristics of, of transportation. And immediately I was, became interested by logistic freight distribution, uh, ports, containerization, international trade, and all of this at the same time that the global economy, particularly with China, uh, was uh, growing very rapidly. So I was able, you could say, to latch on to a topic which was very prolific, uh, very, I would say, rich in case studies and examples and, and problems. And, 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 it, and I move on and try to publish and publish textbooks about this. And, um, and as time moved on, uh, it, it, became, it became my specialty. And uh, actually just uh, this week, uh, we have a, my colleague and myself have a brand new textbook been published uh, called, uh, called uh, Port Economics Management and, and Policy, uh, which if you wish, you can provide a link uh, later on, just came out this week. And every time I publish, I make all my material free available online, because particularly for, for people in developing economies, they having access to, let's say, to textbook can be very expensive. So therefore, I'm, I'm very committed to provide uh, high quality or good quality information uh, for people across the world and, and have a lot of readership, for instance, from Latin America, from India, and also from Indonesia as well, interestingly. All right. Uh, talk about e-commerce. Uh, what are the major trends in e-commerce industry for the last five years, not only in the U.S., but also in a global perspective? Uh, I'm, I'm more familiar with the context of the United States, uh, although I know what's happening, I would say, in Europe and, and China, which are I would, a quite advanced market. So the bottom line is over the last, uh, I would say, five years or so, e-commerce has reached, I would say, mainstream maturity. It has become a well-known, um, secure form of retail, and it has been uh, so successful that has created a massive amount of disruptions in the conventional retail sector. And when during the pandemic, obviously, e-commerce was able to thrive while the regular segment of, of retail was, I would say, very negatively impacted. And, and uh, with regards to the logistic footprint of, of e-commerce, uh, what exciting development do you see in the future? Okay. First, 
uh, it's important maybe to define what it, uh, what is a logistic footprint. It's essentially the real estate, the surface which uh, which is occupied by e-commerce because that's a common misconception that people have regarding e-commerce. They perceive it's something which is immaterial, that they only see a package appearing magically at their doorstep, but most consumers fail to understand that there's a very big complex supply chain behind this, including e-fulfillment centers, sortation centers, uh, logistic depots, and all of these, I would say, facilities that occupy real estate. And this is particularly why it's so interesting and important that's created an entirely new sector uh, of economic activity, an entirely new sector uh, for, for investors, for people involved in, I would say, commercial real estate. And that have been, have been growing, I would say, fantastically over the last decade or so. And particularly during the pandemic, the data I have in the United States shows that Amazon has increased its footprint only in 2020 by a factor of 20%, which was a gigantic surge. So Amazon is becoming one of the largest leaser of commercial real estate logistic property in the United States. I just had read your article on the Journal of Transport Geography, where you mentioned that the footprint of retail sector is shifting from commercially accessible location towards uh, transportation accessible location. Tell me a bit about that. Yeah, that, that's something which um, is quite significant. Uh, here's what it means is uh, the conventional uh, brick and mortar type of retailers, you know, your corner store or your, you could say your little grocery store or even down to your mall yeah. um, is based upon the premise of accessibility. That is, how can a consumer physically reach the location and shop around and then carry the good he or she has purchased back to the, their place of residence. So that's what we call, uh, I would say, commercially accessible. It's basically based upon a concept of proximity, population density, income. You know, uh, That's classic, you could say, retail location theory which is a branch of geography and also a branch of real estate, where you estimate the market potential and area based upon okay, how many consumers you can reach physically. So mm -hmm. that's conventional retail. So when e-commerce start to emerge, this dynamic change completely because it is no, you no longer need the consumer to access the facility, the, the, the store. You need now simply to be able to reach through mainly parcel services or sometimes other forms of delivery services, the location of your customer. And therefore, when you're involved in e-commerce, your logistics change dramatically to something which is called a, tra a transportation accessible. That is, you need accessibility to freight distribution, accessibility to roads, accessibility to intermodal facilities, and the locational dynamics are no longer central they become peripheral. That is, most of those facilities are located in the suburbs of cities. And it has changed. Uh, we have noticed that in the United States and other parts of the world as well. The commercial values of, of, of retail properties in central business districts, which have been, in many cases, devalued because of this uh, drop in patronage, and the, the value of real estate in the periphery, in suburbia, has increased simply because of retail and e-commerce rely on uh, for the last mile for the uh, i would say the last segment of the distribution on very different distributional strategies uh, professor rodrick uh, you you just mentioned about the amazon uh, logistic footprint as well so in in your opinion what are the key factors that 
determine the success of Amazon's uh, logistic network? Yes, that's um, quite a, a complex uh, question uh, because Amazon is a fascinating case study, to say the least. Uh, yeah. Uh, its initial success is essentially it created in many ways, as far as the United States is concerned, of course, you cannot tell that about China. It's Alibaba, uh, among others. But in, as far as the United States is concerned, it is Amazon that created, you could say, the whole business model of e-commerce. And initially, it, it, it started up as a distributor of books, a distributor of CDs, DVDs. But we know that with digitization, that is, let's say, the transformation of people now download books at, uh, at, uh, online and uh, same thing with streaming music, streaming movies, the business model of Amazon was destroyed as time moved on. So Amazon was able to successfully move on and transition from that initial business model, which was quite successful actually, mm. towards more and more retail. And as it moved into retail, it starts more and more to directly, you could say, compete with standard retailers. Um, but again, it, it built the e-fulfillment facility. It built the logistics from scratch to, uh, to be able to distribute to the end consumer. And that's the reason of the success is Amazon controls the supply chain, not yeah. from the manufacturer, of course. It's a very big purchaser. But as soon as the container enters the United States, it enters through Amazon facilities. Uh, inbound cross-docking cross -docking facilities, for instance, where containers are, I would say, unloaded and put into trucks, which are going to be uh, delivered to e-fulfillment centers. And from e-fulfillment centers, Amazon, again, control each element to the supply chain all the way down to door-to-door -door deliveries, where now Amazon has its own delivery trucks. So that's, uh, I would say, one of the core aspects of the success of Amazon is controlling the full segment of the supply chain, particularly the last mile. And the more it grows, the more it has a larger number of distribution centers, uh, of fulfillment centers, of sortation centers, of, uh, you could call them uh, delivery stations. There's a whole hierarchy of names. The more efficient it becomes. And that's paradoxical because when Amazon build and increase its system, it improves its time performance. And therefore, it's more, I would say, on time. It's able to offer 24-hour, 48-hour delivery. And the more it does that, the more it gains a market share. And the bigger its market share, the more traffic, the more efficient it becomes. And the less competitive retail is, I would say, um, able to compete in relation to Amazon. Again, we don't know how far it is going to go, but that's essentially one of the core reasons of the success of Amazon is the control of the supply chain and the establishment of a gigantic network of facilities across the whole United States that is able to cover pretty much every element of the market very rapidly. And who knows in the future, again, that I'm speculating here, Amazon could be more and more involved in some forms of manufacturing as well. The, right. Uh, right. The, the, who knows? Again, yeah. that, that, could, that could be a, a step. But again, so it could also face uh, this economies. It could become less efficient. There's also problems linked with supply chain in terms of uh, congestion, in terms of regulation. Uh, but we're not there yet. And we're not, we're not, we do not know yet at this point what is the true share of e-commerce in terms of the, co of the total retail sector. Mm -hmm. And depending upon this share, it's going to be associated with some kind of a volume handled by e-commerce. 
uh, compared to, to a standard retail. And we don't know exactly how far. If Amazon, if, or let's say not Amazon, but if, if e-commerce gets 50% of the retail segment, that's going to involve a gigantic amount of cargo now moving through new supply chains. Do you have any other critics way that you'd like to share with our listener before we close today's uh, conversation? Well, I can only say that uh, I would say the last 10 years or so has, have been very, I would say, important or significant for international transportation logistics. Right. And I think the next 10 years are going to also be quite uh, interesting in terms of its digitization, its sustainability. Uh, we also, the impact of the pandemic on consumption patterns and all of this uh, is going to require new sets of skills and, and new forms of knowledge and labor regarding uh, the supply chain. And that's why these podcasts are, podcasts are of course, very important to keep people, mm -hmm. uh, I would say, on, uh, on, the, on the edge of what's happening. At Bichara Supply Chain, we are committed to driving global perspective to embrace technological adaptation in improving process efficiencies. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and share Bichara Supply Chain. And stay tuned for the latest updates. To learn more, visit our website www.bicharasupplychain.com. Thank you for listening to us. We look forward to seeing you at our next episode.